case you just can't get rid of a bomb. It's Will. And this is Thomas. We're back at the virtual spinner rack for another blunder pick from me. <laughs> yes. The beginning <laughs> of another story arc yeah. with a cliffhanger. I was going to say, you may have to speak up, though. You know, being that you're old and stuff, you had those problems. My kids was messing with the damn uh, volume on the microphone, and uh, now I'm nearly deaf. <laughs> <laughs> I had that problem last night on... Uh, creator's outlet that it was like turned like way up and i thought she was in like a huge room and it was just like a green screen behind her because it kept like fuzzing out behind her head i go oh yeah okay and, <laughs> damn um, it uh my computer isn't uh my video card isn't strong enough to do a green screen <laughs> damn it oh but, but i had had the my headset turned all the way up because i was listening to music while i was doing stuff and uh as you told me, I was like, whoa. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, uh, I, I did finish reading this, like I said, about 40 minutes, I guess, before the podcast. And uh, and you like, turned to the last page and said, dang it. Yeah, continue next week. Like, son of a, or next month. <laughs> next <laughs> like, month, yeah. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> this man couldn't pick out a one and done if his life depended on it. <laughs> <sighs> Well, I can, but they're just called uh, trades. They're called trades? They're called trades or, you know, an omnibus. <laughs> omnibus. <laughs> I, I picked out this great story arc for us to read. Uh, it's like 37 issues. Uh, I think it's called uh, Age of Apocalypse. Yeah, Age of Apocalypse. <laughs> please no. <laughs> First one. Yeah, yeah, please no. That's like uh, your, uh, what is it? You want to read today about uh, the death of Arthur Curry Jr.? <laughs> like, oh my God, do we have to? <laughs> it's only 400 pages. <laughs> and some extras. <laughs> and some extras. And the new hardcover that we can't find because there's nothing up here. So, uh, off screen, I was bitching about Ollie's because the they just opened an Ollie's by me, so I was expecting like, oh, I don't know, like I've seen from when you shoot video of Ollie's down by you, and I see like these long cases like go on for 40, 50 feet of comics, ours. That's it. That's all you get. Everything's old. They take books and they jam them underneath the metal stuff into the back, and I'm like. What in the? So after an hour, I found two books. Yeah, books. <laughs> two books in an hour. Well, because a bunch of stuff, uh, it didn't have like, like a rebirth or a, you know, a this or a. You know, 
this free mantra, blah, blah, blah. They didn't have anything new. Yeah. So I was like, well, maybe I'll find, you know, the, you know, uh, a hardcover collection of like one of the, like the new things that they're basing the new DCEU on. But uh, I'm missing like one issue of Sean Murray's uh, Batman White Knight. I've never read that. Is it good? Oh, it's really good. And on the back, the sort of Azrael Unleashed. Sweet. You remember that um, series? Uh, yeah, I, I read it when he just like first appeared, you know, pretty much like out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, this one was six ninety nine. Yeah. But it's a uh, it's a good size trade. Yeah. And it's hardcover, right? Yeah. And then I got the uh, one through eight Suicide Squad by Jim Lee unwrapped, which was like an extra dollar with no color. We took the color away. Here's an extra dollar. Congratulations. Is it all black and white or what is uh, it? I can tell you if I open it because I haven't opened it. Um, and the bag is plausible deniability, completely certifiable because it's a wraparound cover. Sweet. So I guess when they originally launched this or whatever series this is, who knows? Um, Jim did like the first like eight issues. Yeah. Dude, he so, can, his art's so damn good, he can damn near carry a bad writer. And he has. And he has, exactly. Yeah, and then you team, you team him with something good. What? <laughs> <laughs> damn. <laughs> he is struck um, by some lightning. It is all black and white. It's all black and white, but it's got like some some color like mixed in, but yeah. So it's cool because it's basically, you know, just his just his pencils and like inks. Okay, so they just did that so you could see just his work. Yeah. Like the word balloons are, you know, in color and stuff, but all the art is it's it's all his pencils and like shading and stuff. Yeah. So that's cool. I paid more money now for what I used to get 500 pages for from DC <laughs> in the black and white stuff. I mean, but at least it was newspaper print. Yeah. I don't have but a few of those. I've got, uh, I think I've got a Superman one and I've got uh, the elongated man. I may have an Aquaman issue as well. Yeah, I'm going to, I'll have to see. I might have like an extra one or two. Yeah. On this, on this stones, yeah. Um. But yeah, like uh, some of that stuff. Aquaman, Silver Age Aquaman is so hard to find, especially in good pro good condition. Yeah. Yeah, so. Cool. It's yeah, I have not read bad. that story yet. It's really good. Oh, okay. I'll put it on my read list then. So, uh, this was the only copy of this that they had on the wreck? Yeah. And this was the only copy of this they had on the rack. Damn it. Um, and I bought me 
a Joker mug. A Joker mug, which was originally priced at thirteen ninety nine, and was clearanced at six dollars and twenty two cents. So it, it was regular price. Yes. <laughs> and I got a cool piece of like it's like pop out like three D. You can't see it on camera though. But yeah, something to hang up in the. Oh, I just noticed Batman's in the background. Yeah, it's a it's a cutout of Batman, and the background is uh, the the entry gate to Arkham Asylum. Oh, sweet! Which is why he's still old. Dial. <laughs> but I thought that was cool. You got to take like all these corner pieces off, and this little felt piece that protects the little meta hanger. Hanger, and when my girlfriend's not mad at me, I'll have her hang it up for me. Oh Lord! Dang it! Uh, we had lunch. We had a late lunch. She ordered food, and uh, we ate it. And then she was she was like, her whole internal clock was ticking down. She had to go home and take a nap. Yeah. And I stayed up for a little while, and then I just kind of like passed out. I woke up like twenty minutes ago. Oh God. To her. Still sleeping. <laughs> Damn it. And some slam banging, and then she like shut all the lights off and locked the door. Not thinking, should I wake him up? Does he have a show tonight? I don't know. <laughs> but she woke up when she slammed the door. Yeah, she was too hangry. <laughs> tell her, tell her this my is, kid. This is my... a tumbler of pumpkin coffee that she made me at three o'clock. <laughs> tell her, tell her uh, when my kids get uh, angry like that, I usually sit them to bed, let them take a nap. <laughs> That wouldn't that wouldn't do me any good. She's still just gonna go down the hall and go to her apartment. I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> All right, so and she's um, listening to me, bitch, about, about her on, on the show. So I'm like, <laughs> I love you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I do. So uh, uh, I did get another pre-order in. Uh, yes, I'm on a damn. Uh, I guess on a binge. Murky World by Corbin. Was, um, was this was this a? I'll get the last one in. Let's see what else they still have in print of them. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I read all of Dan Sunday, dude. It was so freaking good. Um, and it's all. This is all. They're uh, Dark Horse is doing them all, and they're heavy duty, just like the last one. They're all hardcover. They've remastered them all, recolored them all. Um, nice. They've uh, uh, redid the word balloons, put them on all this heavy, glossy paper, got new introductions. Um, and, yeah, this is the first one. This is the first in the deluxe graphic novel line. There are going to be two more coming out, and it'll be Den Part 2, which doesn't come out until December, and Den 3 which comes out next year sometime. So uh, they've got four in the works right now, uh, which is cool. And then um, still while looking, I managed to snag something I never even heard of. Um, let me get them in order for you. That way uh, we, we know we're looking at them and they're, they're in the right order. Something I never heard of called comic books. Exactly. 
Okay, you ready? I'm ready. Oh, yeah. Have you ever seen these? Uh, seen them, read them, no. Okay, yeah, Ripping Time by, uh, by Corbin. Uh, our man Bruce Jones, who we have heard before, mm-hmm. does the Somerset story. Holmes. Yep, is doing the story, and Corbin does the art. And and these are by Corbin's own publishing house, Fantagore Press. Nice. So Ripping Time one, two. Check out that Triceratops. Nice. Three. Somebody's getting about to get eat up by a damn dinosaur. Um. This chick's fixing to get eat up by a damn Loch Ness monster. And then the last one is this poor bastard is getting eat up by a damn dinosaur. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they had these. The guy had these online for uh, you know like a discount for all five of them. So mm-hmm. I'm like, and they were in they're in pretty damn good shape. I mean, considering they're super small press, old school newsprint, they are all black and white because that that was pretty much the only option back in that back Espe- for indies especially for an indie this was published in where's the copyright 1986 richard corbin uh and then milton's big game that's the second story here pop uh copyright 1973 uh, what's cool is he's got uh, in the little intro here mm-hmm. on this page. You can't see it, but I'll read it for you. Hi, and welcome to the first issue of Ripping Time. My sincere thanks to Kevin Eastman, Dennis oh. Kitchen, Steve Shanes for their encouragement, suggestions, and information about the intricacies of publishing. So, obviously, Eastman and, and Kitchen helped him get his own publishing house up and going yeah i.e um, kitchen press yep kitchen and then sink press you can get uh buy sweet ass posters on the back back in the day but yeah that's all i got this week nothing i just haven't had a chance to read these um they kind of come in at the same time and i've been working all week but yeah work Bye. yeah it, it sucks i wish i could win the damn lotto power uh, i was i was just gonna say that because it's depressing up here in Massachusetts when, as you're scrolling through social, through the fake book social media, uh, you see like five different stories of people all around Massachusetts who've won a boatload of cash. Really? And I'm like, really? <laughs> what the? I done told everybody to slip. I, if I went to Powerball, we're leaving the U.S. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go tour the world. I'll probably never come back. <laughs> the whole world's being invaded by by immigrants from all over the world. So I'm like, well, let me just buy a Greek island and a small army. No, I'll be. I'll be. Uh, I'll, I'll only be in one one place two weeks at a time. So it don't matter. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, because it, it's just like. Uh, we'll see all the stuff I, I, I've never had a chance to see. Oh. Like a day off. <laughs> 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 oh, oh boy. That's it wouldn't some... be this funny if it wasn't true. Some of these people could go to hell. <laughs> We're not going to say who, but... <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> While I'm having my day off. <laughs> I'm like, 
hey Elon, adopt a nerd. Adopt a nerd. <laughs> adopt a poor. You can even put your stupid computer chip in me if you can let me walk again. Uh, good gosh. And uh, give me some menial job that I could do six hours a day from my wheelchair. Oh, <laughs> something. Uh, so, um, I was going to say something. It probably wasn't relevant. Don't matter. <laughs> Legion of Superheroes, 269. Okay, so uh, the other thing, besides this is being a one, uh, a part one of a two-parter, at least. Uh, probably more. Or more. <laughs> um, I haven't read a whole lot of Legion. I think we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Dude, there's a lot of kink in here. I thought they were some in freaking Teen Titans uh, or Modern Justice League. Man, they can't keep their hands off each other. I understand they're teenagers, but good Lord. Teenagers and 20-somethings. Yeah, teenagers and 20-somethings in the 31st century. Like uh, Lightning Lad and Satin Girl are married. Okay. Uh, Monel and Shady aren't, but they've got a thing. And then... uh, You think? (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, basically, Monel was was brought around to be the Superboy when they sent Superboy back because it uh, this originally uh it started as the Legion of Superheroes way far far away in a galaxy not too in this century um yeah. and then it become like Superboy and then it Legion became Superboy. Superboy and the Legion yeah and because they were you know they still had like a small core audience but not like anything that they you know, really, but they used to just keep making, making books. Like if they, if they, if they were still selling off the shelves, you know, it wasn't until you know, people like cut, that were actually doing orders, like cut their orders down to like you know, two or three copies a piece that they were like, yeah. oh yeah, we're 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 gonna we're gonna drop, uh, you know, the persuaders axe on this and keep. Well, going. see, and that's where you get the. You know, uh, that was cool. Brought into the book there. Uh, yeah. um, but the um, the thing is, you get the bean counters that, that knock out that. And you get some of these smaller books like that. You'll have an absolutely incredible run. Um, I know me and you talked before, you know, we read. Uh, hell, we'll do that. That'll be our next issue, I'll tell you. But uh, we'll figure out which one. But, like, Dazzler was, was trailing off toward the end of the run, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know this until a while back when I was buying them and going through and I actually looked it up uh, toward the end of the run. Like the last five issues, I think it is, are all done. They're penciled and, and illustrated by Paul Chadwick, who goes on to do freaking concrete. And they're like, you bring in an artist of Chadwick's caliber to do a title that you're probably fixing to cancel. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole thing. You let these books I mean, I'm not sound terrible. They're they're failing. They're they're they don't have as big an audience as they are. Then you can try new things on them, and then resurrect them. Dude, Swamp Thing Volume Two was gonna go to was fixing to be canceled until Alan Moore got stuck on it. Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, you know the great you know the great story I always remember is uh, when Kirby finally got so pissed off and he left uh, Marvel and went to DC. They offered him any book he wanted to draw. And he said, well, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to take, you know, I don't want to take anybody else's job. If you got a book that you're fixing to cancel or, you know, a book that's on the way out, 
and uh, they were going to do it to Superboy's, you know, uh, Jimmy Olsen, Superman's pal. So they stuck him on there, and you get the new gods. That's why yep. they're in freaking Jimmy Olsen. Damn, Darkseid's first appearance is in Superman's pile, Jimmy Olsen. It's crazy. Yeah, and it's ridiculous amount of money, and they weren't doing big print runs on Superman's pile, Jimmy Olsen. So. No, but it was, but it it obviously it ramped up, and then he kept it he kept it in print for another what two three years. Mm-hmm. Because it was Kirby. Everybody's like, damn, Kirby's knocking out of the park here. And now everybody wants it. Yeah. But, all right. So we got a Legion roll call. Lightning Lad, Saturn Girl, Wildfire, Princess, uh, Projecta. Princess Projecta, Timberwolf, the most feral of all the Legionnaires. Uh, Timberwolf <laughs> is DC's Wolverine. Yeah, you told me that. Um, um that just something I came up with. They they never officially said that, but yeah, uh, he yeah he was you know the whole the the bad attitude. Uh, I I think every once in a while they showed him with a cigar. Uh, Let's see when did he, so when did Timberwolf show up? Oh, he's been he's been in for, for like a long long time. Okay, I I do have a couple of first appearances of some of the core members yeah um they're not in like the greatest of shape uh one of them was like in adventure comics because they used to print uh legion used to be in adventure comics yeah it was so, like the backup story uh sometimes it was the backup story sometimes it was the whole story and once in a while they would just do the whole issue of legion or legion yeah. would be like the star when it when it got down to uh adventure printing uh like a Legion story, an Aquaman story, and an Adam or Hawkman story. The Legion became the star of the book. <laughs> the Legion became the star of the book. Which, you know, got them to launch into stuff. And they did the same thing with Titans that they did that they did with Legion uh, at some point because people were, like, clamoring for back issues and they couldn't find them. Because, you know, they used to reference back issues. This happened in issue blah, blah, blah spontaneous and, chuck uh and you know there weren't a lot of stores back then so nope there was there was no internet to go on back then that's right we just admitted that we're older than google yep you had to hunt that crap down mm -hmm. and then it and, was hard and, and pay more money than you might today because you can like you know, set your search to uh, 500 list listings of this. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you can just buy the cheapest one if you, you, you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like it. I just want, you know, a reader copy. Yeah, you just get the dog, dog, dog poo one. Yeah. But, uh, so, Validus versus Monel in the first battle of the new Galactic War. And the fearsome Fatal Five, who is their new leader, and what is his incredible power? Yeah, we learned some of his powers, but have no clue who he is. No, and we find out we find out nothing in this issue. No. Uh what should have been a clue that this was going to probably be a long, drawn-out story arc was the beginning of the all-new Galactic War. <laughs> I mean, Star Wars has been going on for 50 years. Yeah. 
<laughs> Damn it. Yeah, you probably, I, I probably should have gave you a hint right there. Yeah, not me. So, no. All right, Conway wrote it. Uh, Jim James and Frank uh, Chermonti were the artists. Uh, ben Oda was our editor. Gene D'Angelo was the colorist. And Jack Harris was the editor. Uh, um, now, I want to ask you straight up, what do you think of the art? I thought it was good. Yeah. Yeah, I actually was surprised. It was I, for the time, it was really good. Yeah, I'm not really familiar with with uh either Jimmy of those guys. Jane's. Now I've heard of uh Frank Tremonti before. I've seen some stuff with him. Mm-hmm. But um I thought it was good. It, it has that I don't want to say Marvel kind of deal with it, but it's got that house style. Uh, yeah. I mean all the characters are this is how they're supposed to look. Um, and I thought that was kind of nice. I thought the art was pretty good, especially for, I would say, this is a low-selling book at the time. But uh, Who Shall Name the Dark Man? That was That's our title of the book. And it actually picks up on Earth, which was kind of cool. And they are at Earth because not only is this a two-parter, as we were talking in the pre-show. At least. <laughs> at least. Uh, you picked out the all-politics issue of Legion of Superheroes, where they're discussing how to elect the president of Earth, or Terra, as they say. <laughs> yeah, because uh, there's there's like a United Planets. Mm-hmm. Star Trek reference. Uh, there's, there's, you know, there's a whole bunch of different planets, because the Legion are basically team, you know, super-powered teams that mm-hmm. made the cut of the tryouts, you know, like AGT. Yeah. Uh, for the for the group, uh, and one of the most one of the most famous covers, one that Alex Ross like redid a homage of, was uh, Superboy didn't make the cut because everybody had like one outstanding power. Yeah, <laughs> Superboy had all the powers. <laughs> yeah, this is like we really don't need you because you could do it all. Uh, yeah. You're the one-man Legion army, so we don't need yeah. you. But it was Superboy, so he wasn't like, you know, when they did it, you know, the difference between Superboy and Superman is uh, Superman at the time was 100% OP. <laughs> and Superboy was still just getting to know his powers, and because he was just a teenager, he hadn't, like, you know, masked up to, you know, some like really massive stuff and had his powers like you know go through the power scale go through the roof until a favorite of ours mr john byrne did the man of steel miniseries way back when dude just for dc to ignore that and and make him you know he's just gonna fly into space and he's gonna move war world out of its orbit well it's better than playing the marvel superheroes game RPG back in the day when Aunt May could do the same thing. Yeah, I love freaking uh, the John Byrne st- story, though. Yeah, I was always I I became a fan of John Byrne like early on. Uh, not long after I actually discovered X Men, it wasn't it wasn't that you know about a year or two after uh, I actually found my first comic book store, and uh, John Byrne had just started doing Next Men. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. John Burns Next Men. I remember that. Yeah. And I'm like, Next Men? What's this, a parody? He goes, no. It's 
John Byrne basically doing his own X-Men. Yeah. I'm like, cool. And then it was the, oh, by the way, uh, for the last, you know, 25 out of 30 years, this is considered the first appearance of Hellboy, but now all of a sudden, it's not. I'm like, that's just some, to me, that was just like some influencer, like a, like a golden age guru or comic Tom 101 or whatever saying, but I can't get my hands on these, but I have these, which was probably like the second appearance. Uh, <laughs> it's like, mm. Dang it. But yeah, I love John Byrne back in the day. All right. So here we are. Yeah. There, there, Tara, this is what we call a political campaign. And then we discover, um, yeah, fellow Terrans, and these try yeah here this dude's kid like giving his political space where's it where does it explain it oh yeah so um after all the world computer bank chooses the candidates uh based on skill competence and decency then we pick one of three candidates after a full day of campaigning and bingo we get a new president all in a festive atmosphere that makes uh as much sense as any other system because one of them one of the legionnaires is our princess projecta is a princess that's just mm -hmm. not her pretend name she's an actual princess and she's she's completely like freaking yeah. out about it and i love how uh so they're all talking about it there and uh monel decides that he's going to go off with uh these the girls two, the, the girls they're going to go check stuff out yeah and feral feral boy there's like oh no too many people got to go away that was uh, too that was yeah. a tick reference. Yeah. Timber Timberwolf, uh, who's actually dating uh Lightlass, who has changed her name and power set a couple of times over the years, uh, is Lightning Lad's uh twin sister. Now, is he dating her or does he want to date her? I didn't get that at the time. Uh no, he's reading. actually they're actually a thing. Okay, they are a thing. Yeah, she likes it wolf style. Oh my god. So <laughs> Uh, we even get a Arthur C. Clarke reference in here because they're talking about the whole, uh, you know, how to pick out the president and everything. And it's pretty cool. What's his face says uh, back in the 20th century, a guy named Arthur Clarke said, nobody wants to be president. Nobody who wants to be president should be allowed to run. We've just adopted that idea in the sense of, uh, into a system. <laughs> yeah. They used um, to do stuff like this, which was cool because they used to take like, you know, uh, to them in the in the 30th century, ancient pieces of wisdom from, you know, sci-fi or fiction novels and stuff from yep. that were, you know, famous in the in the modern day era. So. So, yeah, they're all talking. And uh, what's what's his name? Giant guy, Jim here. Uh, yeah, I called him Gim forever because Jim is J.I.M., not G.I.M. Yeah, but no. Yeah, so he's actually, you know, kind of shocked as he's explaining the whole presidential process here when he discovers that his mom has actually been picked by the computers to be one of the presidential candidates. Mm -hmm. And, of course, you know, uh, we got Monel and all are up there. And uh, finally, his, his woman's like, oh, the weather's so nice. Why are we wasting it on the city? Sounds like you've got something in mind, Tasma. Yeah, I do. You bet. <laughs> exactly. The beach. Are you coming? And uh, of course, uh, 
what is this? Uh, I can't remember her name now. She's like, no, I'm staying here. <laughs> Princess Projector. Now, Princess this, Projector. This, this is what's wrong about, even though this is funny, that she gets stranded on the flagpole. Yeah. Because, you know, he just took his blue chew and he's off to do the do. The do. Uh, yeah. All the Legionnaires have flight rings. Yeah. She could fly. Yeah. I'm like, of course, when you're being lifted up by uh, a Daxamite who's got all of Superman's powers except he's allergic to lead. Yes. So a gun will take him out. Exactly. <laughs> Luckily, there's there's no more pellet-driven guns in the 30th century. It's all laser beams. Thank God for uh, him. Somebody with a blunderbuss would take his ass out. <laughs> yeah, right. So uh, when when you're like 30 feet up in the air and the person that's basically flying you around like Superman says, nope, I made my choice, and you're not it, Lois, and tosses you, you're going to obviously grab the, the closest thing, and then, then we can turn it into like this little comical moment. Like Next time, i got to make sure I'm on the ground first. Yeah. Like, Bitch, you can fly. <laughs> Damn it. So they head off, and uh, as they head off, now we get back to Jim here, who's like, oh, my God, that's my mom. He's having a damn nervous breakdown. He's yeah, getting he's all hysterical. Out. Yeah. Um, it's shock, Violet. I've seen it before when people are confronted with the emotionally unexpected. Jim, you're all right. You're among friends. <laughs> like, damn it. But but Saturn I, Girl I, is like the female version of Professor Xavier. Is she? Or, or uh, yeah, she's got like all mental powers. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> just all so she, she's just like, you know, enforcing like inner calm on him. You know, like, Professor, like Professor X used to do to Wolverine. Yeah, calm down. Yeah, I could see over the crowd. And that, so there's his mom. He explains the whole thing to her. And then uh, while we leave them as they're discussing the new presidential campaign and his mom, uh, we head to space, half a light year beyond the outer reach of the solar system. Dude, the colors in this issue, oh, okay. especially this part, are like pretty wild. They're out there. It's a pink spaceship. Um, solar system, two corrupt border guards of the United Planets Patrol are about to experience a similar reaction. Lord, are you sure that's his ship? It's so huge. It's his ship, all right. It's the Dragon Bane. Dude, and I'd never heard of these freaking sea apes from uh, whatever planet they said they were on mm -hmm. in the damn thing. So this dude's like the collector, kind of. He's got all these sea apes in there. Um, and they go to head, head in. Uh, and we find out they've actually got a device that they're going to attach to the spaceship. And it will allow the bad guy to, trans to go beyond the uh protective sphere of the planet you know earth mm -hmm. and then get into earth so he can do his you know his evil deeds yeah and what do they call him the dark man yeah dark man yeah and he gets it so he's actually got mental powers he tells the old he, guy get he's down. got he's got mental and and physical powers obviously because he shoots a beam like later on but yeah yeah what and I, love, I do like this. He said, get on your knees. And the guy's like, no, I'm not going to get on my knees. Not for anybody. And he forces him down. Mm -hmm. 
he finally does. He's he, he causing pain as well. Stop the pain. Um, and then once all of that's done, they make their agreement. But here's our little foreshadowing that we don't see. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Uh, laugh now, Buster. Somehow I'll get you for what you did to me. I swear it. So the dark man gets his uh, the device and he's going to use it to attach to the ship so he can you know get past the protective field. Mm-hmm. And then all the dudes want, this is 31st century. Why the hell do they need money? I thought, uh, it, I mean, I thought it was all gone by that time, but I guess it's not. Kind of like credits. These would be like, uh, you know, Battlestar Galactic or Cubits. Like you still needed, you still needed some form of, of tender to be able to purchase stuff and a form that was recognized in the, uh, you know, in the United Federation of Planets because they, they just abbreviated it and call it the UFP. So it's Latinum. Uh, you know, Latinum, whatever. Yeah. So gold pressed at that. Yeah. You'll find your reward in the next room. It will be more than you expected. Stars and planets. He wasn't lying. There's enough wealth there to buy a small moon. That's really? No, that's no small I, moon. <laughs> I, I have plenty of coins that I can spray paint gold too. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'd buy a small moon. I want to yeah. be able to live on it, you know? Yeah. It doesn't look like it's enough to buy a small moon, dude. No. Maybe. It looks like it's enough to buy like a year's worth of comics uh, from the spinner rack back in 1976, though. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. So, one more thing, my unfortunate friend. It may be interest you to know that my power is partly uh, telepathic in nature. You should really learn to control your thoughts. And then he led me to believe also that those coins aren't real. No, they're not real. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the the magical like kryptonite 1960s glow around them gave it away <laughs> and he makes the floor like i guess the i don't think the the floor wasn't there it was just an opening to that but the guy mm-hmm. thought there was a floor there and now the floor is not there i have no use for hirelings who plan revenge against me hopefully your partner will be easier to deal with so he runs and just falls into the damn tank and the the sea monsters are in there. What do they call them? The sea uh, the sea, sea wolves, apes. sea apes, and they like eat him alive. Well, uh, you've seen the ship. There obviously isn't a food source right now. No, because yeah, he probably fed the the crew that was holding him on that ship to, to the, the sea, sea apes. apes. <laughs> exactly, and now he's got his robot minions helping him. Yeah. So I did like this short time later after a new deal has been struck with the patrol ship's remaining officer and after the survivor has been sent on his way. So he tells the patrol ship guy, oh, by the way, I killed your partner because he wanted to kill me. Uh, No problem, dude. Uh, I'll do whatever you want. I'm gone. (laughs) That's it. Yeah, the mechanical arms from the dark man's globe attaches the golden security bypass device to the vessel's computer. And it says it's a tachyon field that makes it invisible. There isn't a detection device on Earth capable of perceiving the dragon's bane now. And it heads off. Yeah. And what I thought was cool, like like all the vibrant colors, like in the, you know, in the space scenes here. Yeah. They're they're very Kirby-esque. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of that that same the color patterns anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um so they head off. And at that moment, on a beach bordering the ocean and the planet in question earth um 
we get uh, Monel and Tasma there. They decide, you know, how long have we been since we were alone like this? It's been too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Damn teenagers. Yeah, you're right. Much too long. And then she's like, "Oh, it's a shooting star." Oh no, we call him a dreaming star on our planet. What's your dream? And he, dude, he like has got, you know, he's just. You okay? No. No. So he's, you know, she, he's got the the greatest little like comeback line of all time. What's your dream? I I have all I could ever want, Tasma, as long as I have you. Yeah, but you know something. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Beyond that teenage bullshit. <laughs> it is exactly what it is. It crashes into the water. Uh, you know something? I'm not so sure it was a meteoroid. It's too small. We've gotten through the atmosphere without burning up. Perhaps we'd better investigate. You could be right. So then they head off, which is cool. They fly out and go investigate it. And when they get there, here comes Validus. Now, have yes. they encountered this dude before, I guess? Yeah, this, is, this isn't this is like the first appearance of the Fatal Five, so. Okay, so. Um, yeah, there, there's like, when you look into the history of, of the character. Yeah. Um, you actually feel bad for Validus. Really? Oh, yeah. Lord. Um, but he's just a big ink. Uh, he's just a big, angry creature. Like, it's like the Frankenstein effect. Yeah. Uh, the Validus body was supposed to be like a, I guess, like a science experiment. Okay. And then they put somebody else's brain in its head. So. Oh, Jesus. So, so this dude has actually been taken out of his body and locked in a giant robot body pretty much. Yeah, that infant, yeah. Uh, the um, the thing that got me on the Valus art here is, do you remember the comic book series DC did Omega Men way yeah. back in the day? Yeah, the three-fingered. Yeah, it, re it reminds me of that. It just did, but yeah. The original Omega Men run was good. And then DC, about 10, 10 years ago or so, decided they were going to relaunch a whole bunch of like old titles to bring them back out of obscurity. Yeah. Uh, I.e. to keep their IP of those characters. And they did, they did an Omega Men series and a lot of people bought the first issue. Yeah. And then it, and that's how it ended. <laughs> the first issue. It was so bad. Like the artwork, the covers were like really cool looking. They were done like wanted posters and everything. Yeah. Uh, but the original premise behind Omega Men is that they were heroes that everybody thought was villains because they were set up by the powers. Uh, now they're just, they just basically made them straight up villains. And one of the main team characters, uh, they kind of killed off on the last page of like the first book. So <laughs> I'm like, I, I went back to the shop. I go, so, I read Omega, the new Omega Men. So, what you think? Biggest piece of trash I've seen in a long time. If only I could say that nowadays. <laughs> Damn it! Oh God. 
So they fly, they, they fly out to check out the meteoroid and discover there's Ballas who comes out of the water. Uh, and of course he grabs, he grabs his woman, Tasma. Yeah. Wouldn't you? Flee. Oh yeah. So he, he grabs her and then now, okay. This part got me. We we're reading it earlier. So he's like, Hey, I can't, you know, I'm not leaving you. I love you, Tasma. I'm not leaving without you. And this ax with a freaking atom symbol on it knocks the hell out of Monel. Touching mm-hmm. sentiment. We'll do our best to accommodate you, Legionnaire. And then he says, so he knocks the hell out of him, knocks him through the ground a few centimeters closer. My atomic axe would have sheared off your skull. Um, I know that they're trying to make these big bad dudes, but dude, Monel is Superman. Yes. You know, I mean, but that, if that atomic powered axe, yeah, a super weapon, uh, has any lead in it, maybe that's it. It's it's got a high lead content. <laughs> Somewhere that. in like the eighteen thousand issues of, su- you know, superhero stuff, or possibly in the Who's Who, like books that DC put out, which was their Marvel universe. Yeah. Uh, it probably explains you know the powers better, or like an update to it will explain the powers better. Um, I just know that this is like dangerous and. And they basically write it up that uh, his axe can cut through anything. Okay, so it's like a... Cause it's basically a nuclear axe. So, yeah. uh, I don't know. I just was like, damn it. How the hell did that knock the hell out of Superman? But yeah. Uh, the Persuader. Dude, that's a pretty weird name too. But I would hardly have suited our plans. In any case... The Persuader is not unnecessarily a vicious man. Thank you. Persuader, we have the Legionnaires. Now we kill them. No, 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 Valors. We're simply, we're to capture them. For some reason, Therarch wants them intact when he, uh, and then we can't figure out what he wants because as Persuader's talking, uh, oh God, what's your name? Tasma knocks him out. Yep. Also known as Shadowlass. So Shadowlass hits down on uh, his hand, and actually he releases him. So Valis releases her. She's like, oh, he's sensitive, got pressure points. And she goes to fly away and does manage to actually pick up Monel and heads off until this fear, like a force, uh, force field, actually surrounds them and stocks them. And that's created by, uh, what's her name? The Emerald Empress. Emerald Empress. Thank you for remembering. And the Emerald Eye of Throck. Uh, basically, of what? Throck. <laughs> okay, That's, it's a planet. Uh, <laughs> um, basically, I probably had the planet name wrong though. Um, basically, the Green Lantern Corps has long been, long since been destroyed by this point. There's one Green Lantern left, which comes into play many moons after this. Uh huh. Um. But that's basically the essence of what was left. Uh, somebody perverted the essence of what was left of the uh, main power battery on Oa. Oh, no. and, and then she ends up with it. Yeah, she stole it. So she's a space parallax uh, yeah. in the future. Yeah, because she, she, she has mental powers, which 
allows her to control the eye. So it's it's basically like her floating giant eyeball of a green lantern energy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, threaten me with your axe again, persuader, and I'll return you to pieces. So yeah, him and her get into it there. But uh, we have many miles before we we sleep tonight. Um, and now back to our regularly scheduled soap opera. Yeah, with, with here, yeah, not long after, as the Grimace Legionnaire makes a late night check of the Legion headquarters mission monitor room. Love how they just call him out a malfunction of the monitor. This was kind of cool, though. So apparently, the ship, the monitor room and ship was damaged. They repaired it, and not everything has been up to snuff. They didn't double check. So it takes like an hour for the freaking warning. And the distress call that Monel uh, sent out to reach damn Timberwolf. Yeah. <clears throat> and of course, he heads off. You know, he's going to go and check it out himself. Uh, of course, he dr- runs by Lightning Lad and Saturn Girl, who are, you know, doing the honky. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, he passes by Lightning Lass, um, but she sleeps again. And now Timberwolf is bunched the lone wolf. Tonight he will be the lone wolf again. Oh, yep. Now this this actually too this talking about the politics here. This was yeah. kind of cool. They go back and you know his dad, uh, Jim's dad and his mom are actually discussing her winning the presidency. And then he's like, "Hey, you know, uh, not a lot of people like the damn Legion of Superheroes. Maybe or uh, not Legion." Yeah, Legion of Super. Yeah. Uh, maybe you should drop out. And he's like, well, the Legion is, you know, is a force of good in the, you know, in the galaxy. I'm not going to, you know, drop out. You know, I think mom will do what she has to and all this. So as he's discussing that with his dad, they finally get attacked by another, uh, another bad guy here. What was his name? I know you know it. Who was that bad guy? <coughs> Oh, I think that's I think that's the leader. The leader? Oh yeah. no, that's Mano. Yeah, Mano. Okay, yeah, get out. Uh, yeah, Mano's one of the fatal five. So you see, Legion two forty seven. You're pretty lucky if you had hurt my dad, uh, my father with your deadly right hand of yours. I might have got angry. He knocks his ass out with a damn telephone pole or something. Batter up. Yep, through there. And of course, when they when Mano gets knocked into their damn house. They just decide, hey, we're going to do our own energy blast here and keep them down and destroy poor old Jim's parents' house. Uh, so, and apparently he has uh, a weakness to mental attacks. Yeah. Because they do it here. He thinks, uh, you know, the room's on fire and these molten monsters are going to attack him. When uh, the robot dude, who I have seen in other stories, he's yeah. been in the regular Marvel, uh, not regular Marvel, regular DC Universe before. Yeah, oh, well, unless I'm thinking him, mistaking him with Metallo. I don't know. Yeah, you might be. He's specific to uh, the 30th century there for Legion. Really? So he, yeah. all, right, all right. And maybe Metallo I'm missing him up with. Yeah. But he attacks him. Uh, and who is it he attacks? His robot half. I do like that too. He talks about his robot halves being destroyed. Um, mm-hmm. And he's able to create himself and make himself better upgrades yep upgrade exactly 
you're a woman, you're fortunate tonight. Eventually, Jim does manage to come back, and uh, he goes to fight some more, but Mano brings, hits the floor and crashes it, and then he gets to say some craziness from the past. You know what your ancestors like to say, Colossal Boy. The more massive their bulk, the more devastating their landing. So the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Yeah, if me, if me or you either trip, you know, we're going to have a devastating landing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or something like that. I'm not I'll a student go, of our <laughs> The Mystery of the Dark Man continues in next issue on sale September 26th. So, Dark Man's coming to Earth. He's going to take over the Earth somehow. But it he's was got a great get... movie back in the 80s. Yeah. Actually, that is a damn good movie. Yeah. Um, it's like Sam Raimi's second movie or something. Um, second or third. Um, he's going to get rid of the Legion of Superheroes first. They, they're they in the mix of a damn presidential election. Uh, Colossal Boy's mom is going to win the presidential election, all probability. Yes. And they managed to actually, the, the Frightful Five here, to manage to subdue them and head out, but we don't get to finish the whole story because, like I said, it was a half, half and done. So I'm looking up what happens. Oh, Lord. So we're actually going to find out what really does happen. Um, and it brings it to... Oh, good Lord. It brought me to a page where it goes from 269... Up into like the two eighties. Holy shit! It's twenty issues. Uh, I don't know if that if it's that or it's just showing like where in the timeline this occurs. Uh, Timberwolf investigates missing legionnaires and faces off against Dark Man. Uh, the Legion superheroes members attacked by the Fatal Five find themselves in an impervious bubble from Emerald Empress, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, in the middle of an ocean, surrounded by sea monsters. Oh no, they probably use the legionnaires. It'll probably say, but probably use the legionnaires to uh, um, displace the dark man from his bubble and might have trapped him on the ship that way. Uh, in an impervious bubble in the middle of the ocean, surrounded by sea monsters, Princess Projectra uses her illusions to cause one of the monsters to burst the bubble in effect, freeing them. Meanwhile, Timberwolf continues to investigate the missing Legionnaires to find where they are and who attacked them. Saturn Girl and Lightning Lad are soon attacked in the Legion headquarters, and Lightlass, she's not Lightning Lass yet. She actually just makes, you know, she takes gravity away from objects. Yeah. Uh, usually people. Makes uh, them fly up in the air. Yeah, yeah into the sun one. and die. Um, Rushing to Timberwolf for aid, Timberwolf has learned that someone named the Dark Man is behind the Fatal Five's attack that leads them to a prison holding the League of Super Assassins, which are relatives of some of the core members of the Legion of Superheroes. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So, Lightning, Lightning Lad's older brother lightning lord is the head of the the legion of super assassins uh have claimed to be working with the so-called dark man 
and hoped for clues. Well, most of the league offer no answer. Block, which is basically like concrete. Yeah. Uh, decides to assist Lass and Timberwolf. The three leave and head towards space, towards the Dark Man spacecraft. They find it under the ocean, and Light Lass raises it, and they board. Timberwolf passes some obstacles and and traps and comes face to face with the dark man himself who looks like a fully human version of the rock who's the the half cyborg guy hmm. um does it say how many issues it actually does go no but i'm gonna i'm gonna take a look into that and we went from like five five members of the roll call the issue we just read to uh, this one characters in this issue block Emerald Empress, not lightning lad, Mano, Mist Master, uh, Persuader, Sensor Girl, who is Princess Projector, Shrinking Violet, The Rock, Titania, Wildfire, Colossal Boy, Lazon, Lightning Lass. Marty Allen, Monel, Satin Girl, Shadow, Shadow Lass, Silver Slasher, I almost said Surfer, uh, Timberwolf, and Validus. So huh. they're, they're either a member of the Super Assassins, the Superheroes, or the Fatal Five. And yeah, it's the it's the same uh, it's the same team working on it. Insane. Oh yeah, this goes on for a while. So I'm gonna I'm gonna just do this. I'm gonna share the page I'm on. So so there's the one we just read. This is the beginning of the Galactic War, and then it goes. That's the thing I just read. Yeah. And then it goes to this one. The Legion has discovered the Dark Man is a clone of Thrak, uh, and they form a temporary alliance with the Fatal Five to defeat him. To That's Block right there. That looks kind of like Dark Side on the cover. You're not sharing it. I can't see it. I'm not sharing it. Oh, damn it. Every time I click it, I guess it must. Ah. Damn technical problems. Mm -hmm. So there's a big ad for Dial H for Hero down here, but uh, that's Block. I and... still can't see it. What the? Ah, here it comes. So Block. Uh, oh, I've seen that cover. Yeah. So let me just say that this is a long ass story arc. In this issue, uh, Wildfire and Dawnstar are testing four Legion Academy recruits to see which one will join the Legion. A former enemy, Block, recounts his origin. The team is called to recapture the escaped Starburst Raiders. So that's... But as you can see, woohoo! <laughs> it oh, just keeps going. And then 
Superboy in 280. But some of these I I actually have. Like I've got 275. So Monel and the guy on 275 right there, which I will have to share again. Oh no, it stayed. That was that was like my favorite Legionnaire for like ever. Who? Um, the guy in the red. What's that his cover? name? That is Ultra Boy. Oh yeah, yeah. I've heard of Ultra Boy. Ultra Boy is just like Superman, except through concentration, he can only use one power at a time. Yeah. So if he's using super speed and running like the Flash, uh, and like they're fighting Mordred, and Mordred puts a brick wall in front of him, he's going to smash himself to pulp because now he's no longer invincible. Yeah. He has. So, to, so yeah, that's, that's a way to even him out. He's not yeah, you, so OP. He ha he has to trade off on his on his power set. Kind of like playing in uh an MMO online. Damn it. <laughs> you know, and then I don't think like the art goes on forever. Yeah. But, but uh and then it goes to six legionnaires travel to a world with a primitive feudal society in search of three missing United Planets explorers. So it's like, you know, all these missions, but this is just like the timeline for Legion of Superheroes. Right Legion of Superheroes. You know, so it's like, this is actually a, this comic line is actually a cool page because you could just go and read what's, read what's going on. And uh, each one. Yeah get like a you know kind of like a wrap up of what you know the major thing that happened we did um, one of these i think in this mm -hmm. time period and and not just that uh but you can also find out if it's a single story or a multiple story <laughs> that helps so this uh obviously the one we read we know now is a two-parter because they they actually have a have a temporary bond with the uh with the fatal five to stop the the Dark clone man. of himself. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I yawned. Superboy yep. rejoins the Legion. That arc's good. And then the bottom. See the film? Superman 2. And enjoy Dude. it. Enjoy it because it's gonna be the last good one you see forever. <laughs> yes. Yes, I definitely have this one. Legion of Superheroes trapped in the 20th century. So I think this is the arc that Superboy rejoins the Legion because he needs help from something that's going on in the 20th century. I but now they're, now they're trapped there. So uh, Dawnstar uh, became, uh, you know, mainstream famous in uh, that JLA story arc. Uh, lightning strikes where her star boy and Timberwolf and like maybe one other member, uh, something happened like a big, like world, you know, event happened that caused them to be trapped there. 
But we have we have Dawnstar, Lightning Lad, uh, Block, who used to be a villain and has, you know... Reformed. Changed, reformed, changed his way, Superboy. Um, this is uh, Ultra Boy's girlfriend, uh, Irma, who is... Uh, I can't remember her code name off the top of my head. But, uh, oh, Phantom Girl. She She's the Kitty Pride. She just like phases through stuff she and turns invisible. Stuff? She can phase through stuff and turn invisible. Yeah. Dang. Uh, Saturn girl, obviously Lightning Lad's wife, and this dude right here is the Karate Kid, <laughs> the real Karate Kid, not this Ralph Macchio bullshit. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah. Speaking of Ralph Macchio. I posted this hilarious, I shared this hilarious uh, meme, I think I did at least, uh, of of Johnny from Karate Kid back in the day. Yeah. And he's got what looks like Madonna white lace fingerless gloves on. <laughs> uh, now, they could have just been like, you know. Moxie gloves or something, yeah. You know, like spar, spar gloves or whatever. Uh and it says, I'm going to tell my kids that this is Ellen DeGeneres on her way to work to treat her employees bad. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> oh. So you, you got an idea for something for next week? Yes. Ah, you ready? Now that we know we have to go back and read like 270 at one point to see what the hell happens. <laughs> to see what the hell happens. Uh, Chrome tab. There you go. Marvel team up 68. Spider-Man mm. and Man-Thing. Because we haven't read any Spider-Man in a long ass time. Yep. And we were talking about that a while ago. And, and we've never done Man-Thing. No. I, I love Man-Thing. I was Man like did you send me? No, you didn't send me this. You you sent me the man thing and guest appearance in the Micronauts. Yeah, uh, writer. Uh, since you were bad mouthing him earlier, is Chris Claremont. Oh. The, the, the the penciler you were you know you since we were all loving on him was John Byrne. Anchor is Bob Wallach. Colorist uh, Phil Ratchison. Letterers Bruce Patterson and Archie Goodwin is our editor from January twenty fourth, nineteen seventy eight. The year of the blizzard. Yep. Uh, Spider-Man, Man-Thing, supporting characters, Mary Jane's in this one, and Jennifer Kale. I do not remember no Jennifer Kale. Could Jennifer Kale be the uh, the Abby Arcane to Man-Thing? I don't know. I honestly don't know. We will find out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 67 is cool, too. That's Craven. Um yeah, what's 69? I love Marvel Team. It's one of my favorite Marvel books. Uh, and and even, even better than that, we know these are all one and done stories. They're all one and done, but they do um they do kind of run it's one and done story for that character, but mm -hmm. it does continue on, um, which is always cool. So I mean there's a 
yeah, it's still, I, it still exists to the ether. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a one and done, but you know, Spider-Man goes on to the next adventure and man things out, you know, you know, he checks out, but it's cool. Um, the one man thing comic I have been trying to get the most. This one. No, I've got this one. Okay. Um, Adventure into fear 19. First appearance of. I would assume, man. This is your trivia here, huh? <laughs> I I apparently probably guessed wrong already. I'm like, uh, first appearance of Man Thing. No, first appearance of Man Things in Savage Tales number one, black and white magazine. Oh wow. Yeah, it's uh Conan is the first story, and Man Thing is the backup story. Um, and then Man Thing actually starts in Adventure into Fear number ten is when he starts. That's the first issue with him. Um, and then he goes all the way up to like 22, I think. And then the Man Thing solo series starts by itself. Mm. But Adventure into Fear number 19 is the first appearance of Howard the Duck. No. Yes. That's how Howard comes into our Earth. Because, you know, Man Thing lives in the freaking Florida Everglades. He's down there, you know, trying to protect the world from Florida man. And, uh, <laughs> which while, is an actual book <laughs> while he's down there. Uh, he's in the Everglades and he, he guards the nexus of all realities. And because he's like guards, the nexus of all realities, freaking Howard, the duck comes walking through. He's like, he just walks into our reality completely by accident. Uh, is the nexus of all realities hidden in Epcot Center? <laughs> no, I just think it's a little. A <laughs> it's just a little further south, but yeah. No, Governor DeSantis, it's not. Okay. Uh, Asking for he was he was trying to you know tax them extra or something. <laughs> tax um, them extra. Damn it! But uh, yeah, John Byrne and Chris Claremont, dude, two two great tastes that go great great together. It's like peanut butter and chocolate. Oh, I'm, I'm I'm glad you you referred to the creators of the issue and and not to Man Thing himself. <laughs> Damn it! Uh, but yeah, I'll get it over to you, and uh, we will read this one next week, Thursday. Yeah, Same. it's funny because my my friend Chris, who's part of like the nerd comic book club, uh, growing up, although I didn't know it at the time, because uh, my friend that his sister was like my age. Yeah, and uh, he was like a few years, like three or four years older than me. Uh, moved into the neighborhood that I grew up in, like across the street. And, but all his friends, they knew who I was because I was the kid with the big red hair. <laughs> Damn. And uh, we ended up re-meeting on uh, on Facebook, like about twenty years ago, and. We formed our own little club, and sadly, uh, there were five of us, and now there's only three because uh, two of us passed. So, damn, I'm sorry, dude. Um, yeah, our friend Eric died from pre-COVID uh, from complications from the flu, passed away, and he was healthy as a horse. He was the one that used to used to cosplay. He made his own Captain America suit. He had the uh, Golden Age. Shield that wasn't throwable. Uh, yeah, the one that looks like, a damn, looks like a uh, looks like a police badge. <laughs> yeah, uh, 
he had that one, and then he, he made a battle-damaged one of that and a battle-damaged one of uh, the actual shield and made his own costume and everything. Used to be in, like, the Newport, Rhode Island uh, 4th of July parade every year. Used to go around hanging, handing out, like, little... Uh, <coughs> But the small, like little American flags to like all the kids on the parade route. Oh, cool. And and do you know, do stuff like that. Uh and uh but he had, you know, he uh belonged to that crew of the toughest job you'll ever love that we used to see the commercials for in the seventies and eighties. Yes. And uh do lots of stuff. Uh he came to visit me when I was in the rehab center. Uh he brought the shield, but not the uh not, he thought the costume might be too much if you wore the costume into this rehab slash nursing rehab. <laughs> might might cause some PTSD. So he just brought the shield. <laughs> uh, so every once in a while you see a picture of me in a hospital bed holding this huge Captain America shield. That was day he that came was to his. visit me. And only a, only a couple months afterwards, uh, he had passed away from complications of the flu. It was a shock to everybody. And then our friend Mark who was the guy you probably heard me regale the story of, hey, he stopped at this house that had a bunch of comics for sale at a yard sale. And turns out they had like another 60 boxes inside with lists to go with them. Yeah. And four of the short boxes were filled up. Each one of those four short boxes was filled up with Wolverine number one, number two, number three, and number four of the original miniseries. Yeah, the, the Frank Miller miniseries. Yeah. And a ton of like, you know, uh, Silver Age keys, like uh, old Marvel, old DC, just, you know, stuff the guy liked, bought, collected. But just goes to show you, when you pass on, your wife's either going to have a bonfire or sell them things. <laughs> Damn it. You might want to list some kind of thing in your will. List <laughs> <laughs> something in my will. Oh, get, get me a crypt like Barnabas Carlin's had with a secret room and put all my comics in there and just leave them. <laughs> leave them. <laughs> Crap. I'll read them when I'm dead. I'll finally get around to be able to have enough time to read them all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. I'll get you the book over there and then we'll get back, I guess, next week. Yep. Same super time, same super channel. This will, this will be different because this will be like a touch of horror in a yeah. superhero book. Yeah. And I would probably learn a bunch about Man-Thing because, you know, I know who Man-Thing is. And I, I learned a little it. bit from that, that bad, like, werewolf by night thing that MCU put out. But uh, I don't know anything about this. And the whole reason I started st telling the story about Chris was because he was the opposite of me. Everything was Marvel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like me. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I love Swamp Thing. He loves Man Thing. I used to go to the uh, the privately owned uh pharmacy across the main road uh from where I grew up and I used to buy up the spinner rack there, which was mostly like DC stuff. It was like a smattering of everything, but it was it was heavily DC. And he used to go to the one closest by him, which was part of the the old uh, Ben Franklin's five and dime chain. And they pretty much just had all Marvel stuff. <laughs> so he's got like, you know, multiple, you know, he's got like, you know, a bunch of multiple copies, various grades, plus, you know, raws, 
of, you know, the first man thing, the first Luke Cage, this, that, and the other thing, you know, I told him, he showed me one day and I go, oh man, I'm glad these are all, you know, encapsulated. He's like, why? I go, because I'm fucking drooling. <laughs> Damn it. So we will see everybody that, uh, next Thursday, as far as we know. Yep. And uh, we'll hit it off with Spider-Man and Man-Thing. Until next time, uh, read a comic book and enjoy your holiday weekend. I think. Is it like Columbus Day or something? Yeah. Monday. Oh. And for those softer people, Indigenous People's Day. <laughs> hey, I put the warning up earlier. <laughs> Damn it. I'm going to get banned. <laughs> <laughs> if we really want to get in trouble, we can we can do that uh, Corbin book you got in last week. <laughs> <laughs> no. Put them bump. <laughs>